warrantless domestic wiretapping program, electronic surveillance, without a court order, telephony metadata, and remedies for violations. All of these terms are synonymous with one thing. In today's show, we will be exploring that. Defining FISA, that is the focus of this edition of Expressions. Welcome to this edition of Expressions. I'm your host, Sierra Tavares-Reyes. In today's topic, we will be talking about FISA, defining FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978 is a United States federal law that establishes procedures for the physical and electronic surveillance and the collection of foreign intelligence information between foreign powers and agents of foreign powers suspected of espionage or terrorism. The act created the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court to oversee requests for surveillance warrants by federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies. It has been repeatedly amended since the September 11th attacks. Warrantless Domestic Wiretapping Program The act came into public prominence in December 2005 following publication by the New York Times of an article that described a program of warrantless domestic wiretapping ordered by the Bush administration and carried out by the National Security Agency since 2002. A subsequent Bloomberg article suggested that this may have already begun by June of 2000. Electronic Surveillance Generally, the statute permits electronic surveillance in two different scenarios. Without a court order, the President may authorize, through the Attorney General, electronic surveillance without a court order for the period of one year provided that it is only to acquire foreign intelligence information, that it is solely directed at communications or property controlled exclusively by foreign powers, that there is no substantial likelihood that it will acquire the contents of any communication to which a United States person is at a party and that it can be conducted only in accordance with defined minimization procedures. The code defines foreign intelligence information to mean information necessary to protect the United States against actual or potential grave attack, sabotage, or international terrorism. Foreign powers means a foreign government, any faction of a foreign nation not substantially composed 
of U.S. persons and any entity directed or controlled by a foreign government. The definition also includes groups engaged in international terrorism and foreign political organizations. The sections of FISA authorizing electronic surveillance and physical searches without a court order specifically exclude their application to groups engaged in international terrorism. A U.S. person includes citizens lawfully admitted permanent resident aliens and corporations incorporated in the United States. Minimization procedures limit the collection of information concerning United States persons by protecting their identities and requiring a court order to retain the communications for longer than 72 hours. The communications can be retained without court order or if there is evidence of a crime, identification of a U.S. person known as unmasking may also be authorized if an agency believes it is necessary in order to understand the intelligence or believes that the person was committing a crime. The Attorney General is required to make a certification of these conditions under the seal to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court and report on their compliance to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. With a court order. Alternatively, the government may seek a court order permitting the surveillance using the FISA court. This is called the traditional intelligence collection because it is the targeted monitoring of a suspected clandestine operative of a foreign power. Approval of a FISA application requires the court to find probable cause that the target of the surveillance be a foreign power or an agent of a foreign power inside the United States and that the, the places at which surveillance is requested is used or will be used by that foreign power or its agent. In addition, the court must find the proposed surveillance meets certain minimization requirements for information pertaining to U.S. persons. If the foreign power's suspected agent communicates with Americans, the communications of citizens of the United States are incidentally intercepted even though they are not the targets of the surveillance. Depending on the type of surveillance, approved orders or extensions of orders may be active for 90 days, 120 days, or a year. FISA warrants require renewal depending on the type of surveillance and the type of warrant, either every 90 days if targeting a U.S. person or 120 days if targeting a U.S. non-person. Coming up next, we will discuss the FISA court right after this.
Welcome back. Now we will discuss the FISA Court. The Act created the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court and, and enabled it to oversee requests for surveillance warrants by federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies, primarily the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the National Security Agency against suspected foreign intelligence agents inside the U.S. The court is located within the E. Barrett Prettyman United States Courthouse in Washington, D.C. The court is staffed by 11 judges appointed by the Chief of Justice of the United States to serve seven-year terms. Proceedings before the FISA court are ex parte and non-adversarial. The court hears evidence presented solely by the Department of Justice. There is no provision for a release of information regarding such hearings, or, for the record, information actually collected. The USA Freedom Act, however, requires the government to declassify and publicly release to the greatest extent practicable each order, decision, and opinion of the court it contains a significant construction or interpretation of law. Denials of FISA applications by the FISC may be appealed by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court of Review. The Court of Review is three judges, a three-judge panel. Since its creation, the court has come into session twice in 2002 and in 2008. FIC meets in secret and approves or denies requests for search warrants. Only the number of warrants applied for, issued and denied is reported. In 1980, the first full year after its inception, it approved 322 warrants. This number has steadily grown 2,224 warrants in 2006. In the period 1979 to 2006, a total of 22,990 applications for warrants were made to the court, of which 22,985 were approved, sometimes with modifications or with the splitting up or combining of warrants for legal purposes and only five were definitely rejected. Physical Searches In addition to electronic surveillance, FISA permits the physical search of the premises, information, material, or property used exclusively by a foreign power. The requirements and procedures are nearly identical to those for electronic surveillance. Telephony Metadata In the United States versus Moalin, September 2020, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals stated, We conclude that the government may have violated the Fourth Amendment and did violate the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, also known as FISA, when it collected the telephony metadata of millions of Americans, including at least one of the defendants. Remedies for Violations 
Criminal sanctions follow violations of electronic surveillance by intentionally engaging in electronic surveillance under the color of law or through disclosing information known to have been obtained through unauthorized surveillance. The penalties for either act are fines up to $10,000 and up to five years in jail or both. In addition, the statute creates a cause of action for private individuals whose communications were unlawfully monitored. The statute permits actual damages of not less than $1,000 or $100 per day. In addition, that statute authorizes punitive damages and an award of attorney's fees. Similar liability is found under the subchapter pertaining to physical searches in both cases. The statute creates an affirmative defense for law enforcement personnel acting within their official duties and pursuant to a valid court order. Presumably, such a defense is not available to those operating exclusively under presidential authorization. Constitutionality Before FISA, in 1967, the Supreme Court of the United States held that the requirements of the Fourth Amendment applied equally to electronic surveillance and to physical searches. Katz versus the United States, the court did not address whether such requirements apply to issues of national security. Shortly after, in 1972, the court took up the issue again in the United States versus the United States District Court, Plamondon, where the court held that the court approval was required in order for the domestic surveillance to satisfy the Fourth Amendment. Justice Powell wrote that decision did not address this issue that may be involved with respect to activities of foreign powers or their agents. In the time immediately preceding FISA, a number of courts squarely addressed the issue of warrantless wiretaps in both United States versus Brown and United States versus Batanko. The courts upheld warrantless wiretaps. In Brown, a U.S. citizen's conversation was captured by a wiretap authorized by the Attorney General for Foreign Intelligence Purposes. In Batanko, the court held a wiretap valid if the primary purpose was for gathering foreign intelligence information. A plurality opinion in Zweibun versus Mitchell circa 1975 held that a warrant was required for the domestic surveillance of a domestic organization. In this case, the court found that the domestic organization was not a foreign power or their agent, and absent exigent circumstances, all warrantless electronic surveillance is unreasonable and therefore unconstitutional. When we come back, we are going to talk about post-FISA right after this break. Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes, I can see it in your 
There have been few cases involving the constitutionality of FISA. Two lower court decisions found FISA constitutional. In the United States versus Dugan, the defendants were members of the Irish Republican Army. They were convicted for various violations regarding the shipment of explosives and firearms. The court held that they were compelling considerations of national security and the distinction between the treatment of U.S. citizens and non-resident aliens. In the United States versus Nicholson, the defendant moved to suppress all evidence gathered under a FISA order. The court affirmed the denial of the motion. There, the court flatly rejected claims that FISA violated due process clause of the Fifth Amendment, equal protection, separation of powers, nor the right to counsel provided by the Sixth Amendment. However, in the third case, the Special Review Court for FISA, the equivalent of a Circuit Court of Appeals, opined differently should FISA limit the President's inherent authority for warrantless searches in the foreign intelligence area. The special court stated, all the other courts have to decide the issue that the president did not have inherent authority to conduct warrantless searches to obtain foreign intelligence information. We take for granted that the president does have the authority and assuming that it is so, FISA could not encroach on the president's constitutional power. Criticism. K.A. Taipel of the World Policy Institute, James J. Carafano of the Heritage Foundation, and Philip Bobbitt of Columbia Law School, among others, have argued that FISA may need to be amended to include, among other things, procedures for programmatic approvals, as it may no longer be adequate to address certain foreign intelligence needs and technology developments, including the transition from circuit-based communications, the globalization of telecommunication infrastructure, and the development of automatic monitoring techniques, including data mining and traffic analysis. John R. Schmidt, Associate Attorney General, 1944 to 1977 in the Justice Department under President Bill Clinton expressed the need for programmatic approval of technology-enabled surveillance programs. He recalled early arguments made by then Attorney General Edward Levi to the Church Committee that the foreign intelligence surveillance legislation should include provisions for programmatically authorizing surveillance programs because of the particular needs of foreign intelligence were virtually continuous surveillance, which by its nature does not have specifically predetermined targets, 
may be required. In these situations, the efficiency of a warrant requirement would be minimal. In 2006, an opinion by Judge Richard Posner, who wrote that the FISA retains value as a framework for the monitoring the communications of known terrorists, but it is hopeless as a framework for detecting terrorists. FISA requires that surveillance be conducted pursuant to warrants based on probable cause to believe that the target of surveillance is a terrorist, when the desperate need is to find out who is a terrorist. The ACLU considers the FISA Act to be unconstitutional for several reasons, including the law was designed to mainly address terrorism threats, but in fact intercepts communications that have nothing to do with terrorism or criminal activity of any kind, and that the government can create huge databases that contain information about U.S. persons obtained without warrants and then search these databases at a later point. Lone Wolf Amendment In 2004, FISA was amended to include a lone wolf provision. A lone wolf is a non-U.S. person who engages in or prepares for international terrorism. The provision amended the definition of foreign power to permit the FISA courts to issue surveillance and physical search orders without having to find a connection between the lone wolf and a foreign government or terrorist group. However, if the court authorizes such a surveillance or physical search using the new definition of agent of a foreign power, the FISC judge has to find in pertinent part that based upon the information provided the applicant for the order, the target has had engaged in or was engaging in international terrorism or activities in preparation thereof. Coming up next, we were going to talk about the Terrorist Surveillance Act of 2006. We'll be right back. Terrorist Surveillance Act of 2006 On March 16, 2006, Senators Mike DeWine, Lindsey Graham, Chuck Hagel, and Olympia Snow introduced the Terrorist Surveillance Act of 2006, under which the President would be given certain additional limited statutory authority to conduct electronic surveillance of suspected terrorists in the United States subject to enhanced congressional oversight. Also on March 16, 2006, 
Senator Arlen Specter introduced the National Security Surveillance Act of 2006, which would amend FISA to grant retroactive amnesty for warrantless surveillance conducted under presidential authority and provide FISA court or FISC jurisdiction to review, authorize, and oversight electronic surveillance programs. On May 24, 2006, Senator Specter and Senator Dianne Feinstein introduced the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Improvement and Enhancement Act of 2006, asserting FISA as the exclusive means to conduct foreign intelligence surveillance. All three competing bills were the subject of Judiciary Committee hearings throughout the summer. On September 13, 2006, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to approve all three mutually exclusive bills, thus leaving it to the full Senate to resolve. On July 18, 2006, U.S. Representative Heather Wilson introduced the Electronic Surveillance Modernization Act. Wilson's bill would give the president the authority to authorize electronic surveillance of international phone calls and email linked specifically to identified terrorist groups immediately following or in anticipation of an armed or terrorist attack on the United States. Surveillance beyond the initial authorized period would require a FISA warrant or a presidential certification to Congress. On September 28, 2006, the House of Representatives passed Wilson's bill and it was referred to the Senate. Protect America Act of 2007 on July 28, 2007, President Bush called on Congress to pass legislation to reform the FISA in order to ease restrictions on surveillance of terrorist suspects where one party or both parties to the communication are located overseas. He asked that Congress pass the legislation before its August 2007 recess. On August the 3rd, 2007, the Senate passed a Republican-sponsored version of FISA in a vote of 60 to 28. The House followed by passing the bill 227 to 183. The Protect America Act of 2007 was then signed into law by George W. Bush August 5, 2007. Under the Protect America Act of 2007, communications that begin or end in a foreign country may be wiretapped by the U.S. government without supervision by the FISA court. The act removes from the definition of electronic surveillance in FISA any surveillance directed at a person reasonably believed to be located outside of the United States. As such, surveillance of these communications no longer requires a government application to 
an order issuing from the FISA court. The act provides procedures for the government to certify the legality of an acquisition program for the government to issue directives to providers to provide data or assistance under a particular program and for the government and recipient of a directive to seek from the FISA court respectively in order to compel provider compliance or relief from an unlawful directive. Providers receive costs and full immunity from civil suits for compliance with any directives issued pursuant to the act. A summary of key provisions follows. The act empowers the Attorney General or Director of National Intelligence or DNI to authorize for up to one year the acquisition of communications concerning persons reasonably believed to be outside of the United States. If the Attorney General and DNI determine that each of the five criteria has been met. There are reasonable procedures in place for determining that the acquisition concerns persons reasonably believed to be located outside of the United States. The acquisition does not constitute electronic surveillance, meaning it does not involve solely domestic communications. The acquisition involves obtaining the communications data from or with the assistance of a communication service provider who has access to communications. A significant purpose of the acquisition is to obtain foreign intelligence information and minimization procedures outlined in the FISA will also be used. This determination by the Attorney General and DNI must be certified in writing, under oath, and supported by appropriate affidavits. If immediate action by the government is required and time does not permit the preparation of a certification, the Attorney General or DNI can direct the acquisition orally with the certification to follow within 72 hours. The certification is then filed with the FISA court. Once the certification is filed with the FISA court, the Attorney General or DNI can direct a provider to undertake or assist in the undertaking of the acquisition. If a provider fails to comply with the directive issued by the Attorney General or DNI, the Attorney General may seek an order from the FISA court compelling compliance with the directive. Failure to obey an order of the FISA court may be punished as a contempt of court. Likewise, a person receiving a directive may challenge the legality of that directive by filing a petition with the FISA court. An initial review must be conducted within 48 hours of filing to determine whether the petition is frivolous and a final determination concerning any non-frivolous petitions must be made in writing 
within 72 hours of receipt of the petition. Determinations of the FISA court may be appealed to the Foreign Intelligence Court of Appeals and a petition for a writ of certiorari or of a decision from the FICA can be made to the U.S. Supreme Court. All petitions must be filed under seal. The act allows providers to be compensated at the prevailing rate for providing assistance as directed by the Attorney General or DNI. The act provides explicit immunity from civil suit in any federal or state court for providing any information, facilities, or assistance in accordance with a directive under the act. We'll be right back. Within 120 days, the Attorney General must submit to the FISA court for its approval the procedures by which the government will determine that acquisitions authorized by the Act conform with the Act and do not involve purely domestic communications. The FISA court then will determine whether the procedures comply with the Act. The FISA court thereafter will enter in order either approving the procedures or directing the government to submit new procedures within 30 days or cease any acquisitions under the government procedures. The government may appeal a ruling of the FISA court to the FICA and ultimately the Supreme Court. On a semi-annual basis, the Attorney General shall inform the Intelligence and Judiciary Committees of the House and the Senate of incidents of non-compliance with a directive issued by the Attorney General or the DNI, incidents of non-compliance with the FISA Court approved procedures by the Intelligence Community, and the number of certifications and directives issued during the reporting period. The amendments to FISA made by the Act expire 180 days after enactment, except that any order in effect on, on the date of enactment remains in effect until the date of expiration of such orders, and such orders can be reauthorized by the FISA Court. The Act expired on February 17, 2008. FISA Amendments Reauthorization Act of 2017. After months of congressional hearings and some public controversy, following a short-term extension of three weeks, Congress 
passed a six-year extension of the FISA Amendment Act of 2008, which was signed into law in January of 2018. The government initiated efforts in late 2016 and throughout 2017 to persuade Congress to extend the surveillance authority in the Title Seven of the Act, which was slated to expire on December 31, 2017. Tom Cotton, a Republican senator from Arkansas, introduced a bill to permanently extend the provisions of Title VII with no changes, but the bill did not advance. As many in Congress were seeking reforms to address privacy concerns, the United States House Committee on the Judiciary introduced an extension bill with significant proposed reforms, as did the United States House of Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, but ultimately a version of the extension with the less significant reforms was advanced by United States Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And in effect, that version, through a complex series of amendments, was ultimately enacted into law. The Senate agreed to a House amendment on January 18, 2018, and the President signed the legislation, the FISA Amendments Reauthorization Act of 2017 was signed into law on January 19, 2018. FISA Section 702 allows the National Security Agency to conduct searches of foreigners' communications without a warrant. The process incidentally collects information from Americans. Section 702 of FISA more specifically brings under FISC jurisdiction various intelligence collection programs that target categories of non-Americans outside of the United States. These foreigners also communicate with Americans, so the latter are incidentally intercepted. The FISA Amendments Reauthorization Act of 2017 extends Section 702 for six years to December 31, 2023, and most notably include, included new restrictions on querying surveillance databases, prohibited the resumption of certain types of collection about a target that were not directly addressed to or from that target unless Congress approved such collection within 30 days of having been notified of the resumption and provided for additional reporting by the Executive Branch of Surveillance Activities. Executive Branch of Surveillance Activities Many privacy and civil liberties advocates argued that the reforms enacted by the extension bill were inadequate, but their arguments were successfully opposed by the government.
The Expressions Podcast has been brought to you by Anchor. I want to thank you all for listening. Like what you just heard? Then please make a small donation to sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash Sierra Tavares Reyes. Thank you.